Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Eric. And I am super, super hyped today to be talking to our guest. We have Nate Ryan from Pop Punk Merch Wall, the brain and the personality behind Pop Punk Merch Wall. Super excited to be talking to him later today. But first, we have our segment of listeners from around the world. So let's get into it, Eric, all right? Let's do it. Okay, so top three countries of this week. Coming in third, Brazil. Very nice. Brazil. Shout out to the Brazilians out there. Thanks for coming in strong this week. Second on our list, reappearing once again, United Kingdom. Nice. Going strong. Going strong to the UK. Shout out to all of our UK listeners. Thank you so much, every single one of you, for listening. Back on our list. Same thing with Brazil. Thank you for coming back on our list. But surprisingly enough, we have a new top country this week that has never made an appearance on our list thus far. Indonesia. Very nice. Wow. Indonesia came out swinging. That's amazing, man. Yeah. So shout out to Brazil, United Kingdom, and most of all, Indonesia for coming in strong this week and giving our podcast a listen. And thank you for everybody who tunes in every single week to listen to us. We are eternally grateful and we appreciate every single listener out there. So thank you all. And now I hope that you guys enjoy our conversation with Nate. Hey, Nate, you're on with Lisa and Eric. Hey. Oh, heck yeah. It's quite a privilege. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. I I love podcasts, and it's always been a dream of mine to be on one, so here we are. (laughs) So, I wanted to ask you if you can just give the listeners, you know, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and um, how you became involved and created Pop Punk Merch Wall. Yeah, for sure. So, let's see. My name's Nate. We got that out of the way. <laughs> I am. I'm 21 years old. I currently live in Southern California. To be more specific, it's just called Bakersfield, California. They call it the armpit of Bakersfield because it, it kind of or the armpit of California more. But uh, yeah, that's that's what they call it, and that's where I live. It's pretty cool, though. I live about two hours from the beach, Disneyland, and the mountains. So, you know, it's kind of a central location. It's pretty sweet. Nice. Not too bad. Yeah, it's 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 really affordable for California. So, hey, I'm the one with it for now. Very thankful to live here. But, yeah, so I, I really started 
listening to pop punk, I guess, or just alternative music, sort of, kind of, I guess, in fourth grade, if we want to get really technical, because that's when my friends and I found Blink-182. I didn't find them. My friend Mason did, and then we started listening to them, like, just, just all the NMI of the state stuff, and then just that, that kind of music stuck with me throughout the rest of elementary school, middle school, high school, and over time, I started to get into brands kind of like or not brands, but bands, kind of like Saves the Day, Brand New, just kind of those earlier 2000s emo pop punk bands, and then obviously the newer wave of bands such as Modern Baseball and just all that stuff. I'm kind of drawing a blank on those bands. But yeah, just, just kind of bands in, in that vein. And I've always been really, really big on social media. That's something that has really interested me. And one of my first pages on Instagram was all about trucks, which I actually don't like trucks at all. <laughs> but I, I leveraged that page to to make money, and that was really fun. I, I don't really do that with pop punk merch wall, but but I, I enjoyed creating social media pages. And, and one thing that I really really noticed was there wasn't necessarily a very niche page for the type of music that I really like to listen to. There there are of course pages like alternative press, but the word alternative can really really mean anything. Absolutely. Because post about metalcore, deathcore, freaking crappy pop music horrible stuff and then pop punk and then emo so so they kind of covered all and i was just thinking it's not specific enough and that i felt like there was a hole that needed to be filled and i am working on that still <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing that you you thought of that because i always thought of that too growing up especially trying to find outlets of people that were covering that type of music and it just wasn't there Besides, sure. yeah. b- besides exactly what you said, besides like alternative press, maybe um, rock sound, Kerrang, that kind of stuff. But other than that, yeah. nothing really, um, you know, there was a big hole in that, in that field, in that genre. Right. And I think in some other motivation for me to, to make it was just I didn't have a ton of friends that enjoyed the same music as I did. I had some friends that were kind of into it, but... When I get into something, I, I really, really, really get into something, such as music and the bands that I listen to. I don't just like the bands that I listen to. It's like, I don't know, it sounds pretty cringy, but, you know, it's your life. And, you know, I didn't have people to talk with that about, didn't have places to share that. So I felt like Instagram was the best place to kind of get that going. And that was summer of 2014, I believe. So coming up on four years. So that's when um, Pop Punk Merch Wall was created in 2014? Yeah, I was actually at the beach with my mom and my uncle. I think we were somewhere in San Diego, California. That's a fairly well-known place in California, so probably most people know where that is. But yeah, I was just just out there, and I was out by the water, and I saw this really cool, I don't even know what it was, but it was just a cool photo opportunity, basically. And I took a photo of it and put some Neck Deep lyrics on it, and then I, I thought, wow, this is kind of a... It just kind of sparked in my mind immediately what what I could do with that, just that picture, and then kind of the, that's just kind of how the page was created. That was kind of the I don't know what they call it, but very nice. When it was born. Yeah, very nice. I'm a huge or conceived. I'm, I was looking for the word conceived. conceived. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, very cool. And I wanted to know, like, what drew you to the genre of pop punk opposed to other genres? Oh, I, I think just being kind of a sort of edgy, kind of sad, emotional <laughs> kid slash teenager, you know, just had kind of 
some interesting stuff growing up. Nothing, nothing really out of the ordinary, but just I, I feel like it was an outlet that was. I, I noticed that the the music that was being played, the people that were playing it, seemed to be more passionate than anyone else in in any other genre, really, as far as pop punk emo and then alternative music. And then the fans, there was just a a whole other level of dedication for fans for that type of music as opposed to anything else. Same thing with hardcore music, kind of like the way that people are devoted to bands like Tidal Fight, Brand New, and all that stuff. Most, and that just really interested me. I, I like the community feel that it gave. Most definitely, most definitely. I know there's some really diehard fans in the community. And that's oh, ba- yes. that's basically what you built your brand around, right? Because when did you start seeing pop punk merch wall really explode the pages on social media? Let's see. Honestly, I think it was, I think it was about, oh man. Honestly, probably like five to six months in was when it really, really took off because I have different tips, tricks, techniques that I've just kind of, I guess I didn't really pull them from anywhere. I just kind of did stuff that, that made sense to me that would get everything out as much as possible, and, and that really helped grow the page. And it, it was, it's just such a pleasure for me to, to continue to grow, and it's just it's so fun. <laughs> now, which era of pop-punk do you prefer? Do you like late 90s, early 2000s? Do you like the current wave? Hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting. I would say... Somewhere in between, somewhere in between, set your goals and kind of when the story so far started to pop off. So maybe 2008 to 2013 or something like that. Okay. Maybe that that's as close as I think I could get. But just just that type of stuff. And what do you think um, separates a band from other bands? What do you specifically look for when you're listening to music and when you're, you know, discovering new bands to listen to that will set them apart from sounding just like everybody else? See, that that's kind of an interesting question for me because one thing that's kind of, this sounds kind of interesting, but aside from the music, what really kind of draws me to a band is, well, of course I do have to like the music and everything, but I, I really am drawn to the type of people that the, I, I guess just the type of people that are in the band, because I remember I really liked modern baseball. This was, uh, I think 2012 or 13 or something when I first started listening to them. And then they put up an, an interview on run for cover there. All four of them were just sitting on the couch talking. They're just the funniest, most cool dudes that I've ever seen. And it just made me like the band that much more just to know that there are such cool amazing down-to-earth people nice. in it, and that just made me want to support it 10 times more nice yeah i'm totally with you on that when you watch interviews and you get to interact with the band and you see that they're super relatable down to earth you know and it doesn't get to their head um that yeah, sounds definitely. good what do you think about warp tour ending and um how many years have you gone what was the best year that you've been to hmm. let's see so to answer the first question, I, I guess I'll just answer this one first. I started going in the year 2010, and I've I went every year of high school, and I haven't gone the past couple of years just because there hasn't been I don't know a huge draw for me. But I really did like the years 2012 and 2013 because 2012 I title fight, and I'm I'm just that's one band that I'll still just fanboy out for is title fight, and then. 2012 or 2013 had 
that lineup was pretty stacked, honestly. You said the story so far, the Wonder Years, Citizen, Real Friends. Nice. Uh, to, I think Man Overboard played that year, so it was just... 2013 was kind of somewhat of a, in my opinion, or maybe 2014, somewhat of a peak year for the popularity of pop punk. It's still very, very popular, and there's a community for it, but I feel like it was kind of on the rise from 2011 to 2014, 15, maybe? I don't know. What do you think about Warp Tour's lineup progression over the years and the direction that it headed? I <laughs> I think it kind of got progressively worse once... Once the the era of kind of metalcore and deathcore was ushered in, just uh, I don't know. I just it's just kind of most of it's pretty. Just I don't want to say it's bad because I feel like that's just not cool. But it's it just it doesn't have much appeal for me. It just feels it just kind of feels like there's a formula these bands are following. It just just all kind of sounds the same to me. I know there there are some bands like that that I do like, but I don't know. I'd say over time the the Warped Tour lineup is kind of catered to maybe some uh, a younger teenage boy slash girl crowd that's kind of emo and wants to listen to Black Belt Brides and Asking Alexandria and stuff. It's kind of weird to me. Do you think that that's why the tour is ending? Because they alienated a lot of their older fans? Yeah, I think that's a huge reason, honestly. And <laughs> I mean, heck, that's the reason that I haven't gone the last two years, to be completely honest with you. I think that's, I think that, Kevin and, and the whole crew thought, well, I mean, these, these bands like Asking Alexandria, Blackfield Brides, and Bring Me the Horizon, which I, I don't have a problem with Bring Me the Horizon, really. They're, they're cool, but but just I, I feel like they thought, wow, these bands are huge. They're going to make us so much money, this and that. And maybe yes, maybe no, but when you alienate a good portion of your general audience, that's definitely going to make you lose money. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And what do you think, this is another topic that I wanted to bring up, what do you, what do you yeah. think about pop-punk bands that were more punk-leaning now becoming almost nearly fully pop? Mm, do you have a band that you could cite that would kind of... Okay, so, so for example, we're, we'll, we'll use Fall Out Boy, right? We have Take This to Your Grave, we even have From Under sure. the Cork Tree, and then now we have albums that are like Mania, American Beauty, American Cycle, that are completely catered more towards mainstream and i feel like a lot of bands like that are following that wave like all time low even paramore um where music has become more pop you, you could even say blink One Eight Two with california that's true yeah i i think yeah that's actually a really interesting question because one band that i sense that's going on that route especially with their new album that's coming out is the band state champs which i did yes. like their new single and it's it just kind of what i was expecting from them to be honest once i saw the album artwork i was thinking okay i know what they're trying to do and i think they're gonna do it well but but it does kind of bum me out because i, I do kind of like that kind of grit to it but right. I, I think a lot of it has to kind of do with for financial reasons essentially because the more appeal that you can get from the general public because the, the new state champs song is very 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 accessible i i could even see that being played on the radio on some alternative station or something oh totally. i think a lot of it has to do with money and, and fame and everything and, and i don't i don't have a problem with them doing that at all but i mean because it's their band their choice and i i, I can't say what i would do but yeah it, it kind of bumps me out a little bit at the same time what's your favorite state champs record definitely the finer things yeah right they lost me after the finer things <laughs> yeah because the finer things was more t more punky more towards the grittier side not just i agree not just clean and polished it, was, it wasn't 
long after that that they toured with Five Seconds of Summer, and and I'm not sure if they just kind of saw the reaction and that they would get from their fans and playing those big things that made them kind of want to polish their sound a little bit to maybe get to that level. I'm not sure if that's what it was or it was just kind of a natural thing for them, but but either way, I just kind of selfishly want another record that sounds like the finer things. (laughs) So where do you fall in that argument where you have people's fan bases in general usually split down the middle of play your old stuff, that's what we want to hear, versus no, they're allowed to grow and go down a different creative path? See, that's really hard because as an artist, I I mean, I, I create, you know, I like to take photographs and do this and that and plan Adobe Illustrator and try to make graphics. It's fun and I like to progress and everything, but, but in terms of music, that's really hard because I, I feel like if I was in a band, I would definitely want to cater to the fans, but but not to the point where you're compromising your artistic integrity and making choices based off of what other people might want. Yes. So I'd say, I don't know. I, I think there has to be a really, really fine balance between play your new, play your old stuff and, and progress and grow. I, I think there has to just, just be a balance. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. So can you tell us more about Pop Punk Merch Wall in the sense of how it's grown throughout the years and stuff that you've been able to accomplish with it? Yeah, sure. So I feel like it did a lot of growing in, I think, 2015 and 2016 were pretty big years in terms of growth. And uh, that was from the help of my friend Caitlin, who used to, excuse me, but she used to help me manage it and everything. She eventually just kind of had other things to do. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's cool. Of course. You know, it's always just, we always like to keep it fun and lighthearted, you know? So yeah, of course I was actually going to ask you that if you created all the content yourself or if you had people help you run the pages. Yeah. On on the Twitter one now, I do have three new admins and I'll I'll probably be looking for one for the Instagram, but, but, um, one thing that's really cool that, that I've gotten to do is I really like this band called souvenirs. They're an emo band from California. And I got to work with them on creating some some patches for their tour, which is really, really cool. Very I got nice. to help them create merchandise, which is a huge privilege for me. <laughs> and th- this one's kind of random, but I-, I used to own this brand called Brace Legs, and we'd make pins and everything. And one day I got an order, and it said, an order from Joe Taylor. And I was like, oh, that's funny. Probably not the guy from Knuckle Puck, but I saw it was from Chicago. I was like, wait a second, dude. Get out of here. He ordered something from me, and then this past summer, um, we actually started texting and everything and kind of talking a little bit. I got to know him, and he's a really cool guy, and I actually helped his girlfriend make some pins, so just through that, it's really cool, and then I've, I've also been become pretty good friends with this guy named Chase Huglin. He does acoustic stuff and some full band stuff. I don't know, just, just the amount of opportunities that I've gotten just through putting stuff out on the internet has been really absurd to me so what would you describe pop punk merch well would you describe it as a community uh, yeah i would i would definitely say it's a community <laughs> i kind of didn't even realize this until i guess fairly recently but but we're it, it's set up as a business page and in the category is community and i saw that at one point i was like oh wow that's, that's actually perfect that fits perfectly <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, yeah totally and and yeah. how did you get involved with creating pins and patches so this is actually a really, really funny one. So 
I was at the beach with my mom and sister. We were staying at this place called Avila. And there's actually a music aspect to this kind of. I remember Knuckle Puck put out this single from Copacetic called True Contrite. I think that was the, I want to say that was the second single that they released off that album over the summer or something like that. And yeah, um, yeah I was sitting there listening to it, scrolling through Instagram. And then, I don't know if it's on the Explore page or how it was back then. Instagram has changed a lot. I'm sure you know that. But um, I, I stumbled across this account called Pinlord, and he would just repost pins that, that either he made or people made and sent in to be posted. And I saw enamel pins, and I said, dude, why, why can't I do that? So I did it. <laughs> and it, it really it really kind of took off for me, and it was, it was kind of my full-time job for, for a really long time. It was really awesome. And did you did you base these pins and patches around pop punk music, or you would just do them with anything, create it with anything? See, I not all of them, but a lot of them were music influenced as well as kind of movie influenced, which is pretty interesting. The way that I liked to do it was I liked to make it to where people would know that it was from a certain song or a certain band, but not so much to where you're encroaching on that band's, I guess, intellectual property to where it's like, oh, people are only buying this because, you know, it, it's a knuckle puck thing or, or a modern baseball thing. I like to, to have really, really original, crisp, good artwork and some sort of reference. For example, we have the, we had this patch that was this girl wrapped around the sun and that was based around a Tiger's Jaw song, and, and I made that very apparent, but there was nothing that really kind of stole from Tiger's Jaw, if that kind of makes sense. I just love to pay tribute to bands that have helped me and that I enjoy, and I feel like that's the most respectful way to go about it. Um, have you created any neck deep pins or anything that uh, relates Ooh, to that? I actually haven't. I, um, I'm actually launching a brand here on May 12th, and there are it's there are going to be some music influenced pieces and it's going to be pretty fun. So, so I guess stay tuned for that. But yeah, nice fun stuff happening. Where can yeah. people look for that? So I, I guess if you go on Instagram, the, the, the handle is just mates club USA. Okay. Awesome. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Cause I definitely want to ask you about mates club, but I do, yeah, for sure. I do want to talk about this. I heard that you got your uh, pin in urban outfitters. Is that true? Yeah, that's some serious research. Yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah, I, I got one design in there and I, I flipped my lid. <laughs> that's incredible. So, yeah, man. So, how did that come about? How did you get such a major distribution out? Yeah, okay. So, it's really crazy because when I started, uh, there were a few companies and brands and artists that, that had got their stuff in Urban Outfitters. And early on, I said, that's my goal, and I'm going to do that. And the only way that I was able to do that was just by pure desire and, de- and dedication and everything. And what happened was, I over the summer, I forget the years and everything, but it wasn't incredibly long ago. I spoke with this guy on the phone, and then we ended up doing business together. They became my wholesale distributors for my products and everything, and they, they got everything handled really, really well. And one day, the guy called me and said, dude, would you be interested in getting your pin in Urban Outfitters? And I was like, dude, yeah, like, is that even a question, man? And he was like, you know, like, the profit wouldn't be that great because, you know, they're a big box retailer and want to not pay as much money for this and that. And I'm like, dude, like, I don't even care if I lose money, dude. I shouldn't get my product out there because that's insane to me. <laughs> you should be so proud of that. Congratulations with yeah, that. Yeah, seriously, dude. 
Yeah, I, I'm. It's something that I'll in my head I'll always say, "Wow, I, I'm really excited that that happened," you know. But, but I don't want to, you know, be too, you know, bold about it. I try to stay as humble as possible, you know. You gotta be. You gotta really pat yourself on the back for that, though, because not many people can that. say that. So that that's really great. So, yeah, thank you so much. So on your personal page, you're known as Brace Legs. Can you talk about Brace Legs Collective and what does that mean and how that came about? Yeah, of course, of course. So again, actually, kind of back to the pulling for music that I like thing. That's actually what that's based around. And so there, there's this, I guess you call it metalcore, deathcore, kind of progressive metal, what, what, whatever you want to label it as. But but they're called Born of Osiris and they're on Sumerian Records. Yes, I've heard of and them. Okay, yeah, for sure. They're they're pretty popular within that world of the Sumerian record label, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, they had this EP that came out in 2000, I want to say it was 2008, so dang, 10 years ago, oh my gosh, but wow. Anyway, there was a song in there called Brace Legs, and it was just brace, space, legs, and then I made it into one word because the lyrics of the song really, really spoke to me, at least the, the first line in the song. So I guess I'll kind of get into that really quick, but the first line in the song is so distinct and out of reach, and that's kind of how I always felt about kind of what I wanted to do in life, because I knew that it wanted that I wanted to do something creative and make stuff and sell it online, because that was just what seemed cool to me. I Ever since I was in third grade, that's what I wanted to do, and at the time, it was very, very out of reach for me, because I didn't have the resources, knowledge abilities money to fund stuff and then as i got older and got a job and started making money and this and that learned more about manufacturing in china and everything it just became a reality so i guess that's kind of the story behind it wow you basically reach out with other artists and do collaborations and stuff right yeah i i felt like a lot of the graphic design community on Instagram was heavily underrepresented. And one of the best ways to get your stuff out there, it will back then. And, I, and I'd still say now I'd argue now it's still one of the best ways is to make products. Basically I wanted to do it to help artists and benefit me at the same time because people like to really overcomplicate business I've noticed, but Business in the truest sense of the word at its core is an exchange of value. So I provide value to the artist by helping them get their artwork out there and commissioning them and paying them for their work. And then I benefit by, you know, having something to sell and they, a lot of people see it and sometimes it gets an urban outfitters. <laughs> I know that's really an incredible story. I can't get over that urban outfitters. <laughs> That segues perfectly into my next question. I was going to ask you, can you give some do's and don'ts and advice for people trying to build their brand and expand exposure? Yeah, sure. I I would say you have to be really, really up to date on how social media works and just kind of be aware of what content works for what social media platform. For example... Instagram is one of the best places, I would argue, the best place on the internet to sell stuff because it's all image-based and people can just see it and look at it and even see you playing with it on video or something like that. And now their Instagram is actually introduced, I'm sure you've seen it on a few accounts or something, but a buy button. So you can post a picture of a product, a really cool picture, and you can click on it and it'll bring up the 
the price of the website thing. You can just literally buy it within a few clicks, which is actually super dangerous for me, but it's so crazy. <laughs> I, I know the, the buy button on, on posts and the story swipe up is super dangerous. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so basically, I'd say you really do have to learn how to leverage social media to, to your benefit. Um, and that's that's kind of aside from just starting up your own brand, just all the, the back-end logistics, but just in terms of promotion, marketing, and sales, which is one of the most, if not the most important parts, because you can have the world's greatest product, but if no one knows about it, no one's going to buy it. So you have to be you have to be a good marketer in the, I guess that's the short version. You have to be a good marketer and, and understand social media. And, and I definitely kind of do, I guess. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I, I do. I learn new stuff every day, you know? And what are things people should try to avoid at all costs? This this is really big for me. I, I feel like once I stopped doing this, this is when I, I the brand really started to take off because I like to the stuff that I'm passionate about, I kind of like to imitate and try to be like it. And that's really, really cool. But once I realized that what makes your brand unique or what makes your, you unique or your videos on YouTube unique is that no one else can be you and no one else has your thoughts, ideas, capabilities, et cetera, et cetera. And you are your most important asset. Once you realize that what makes something good is the fact that it's you doing it and you don't and still take inspiration from people, but just strive to be as original as possible. I guess that sounds kind of vague, but that's, that's something that I, I really kind of tried to develop over time was just not imitate too much. So I watch your live videos all the time. I'm sure you see me pop in every now and again. Um, You do the live videos every day. Yeah, pretty much. Usually the, the only day that I take off is Sunday because right now I'm just really, really, really on the hustle and grind. I'm I'm just on a huge personal branding mission this entire year and through Pop Punk Merchville as well as my personal page. And it's just it's just so fun. That's when it really comes down to it, that's the reason that I want to do it is just because I enjoy it so, so much. So on one of your live videos that I was on, um, I remember you discussing how you were in a kind of a darker place a couple of years ago, just had a completely different mindset. What has changed from then to now, do you think? Yeah, I feel like the last three years-ish of my life have been very, very dark. And in particular, this this last summer, actually, that was when it probably got the worst. And I think what it went, because when I'm feeling depressed, bad, down, whatever, I I never really try to drag other people into it or hurt other people it's pretty much always the other way around as in I do things that are hurting myself basically like I did like a ton of drugs over the summer smoked a ton of cigarettes like as much as possible because I just like literally wanted to die but I wouldn't kill myself because I know I can't do that so I would just do anything that I could to just I just just self-destructive behavior I guess and I think what really kind of helped me pull out of that was just getting out of some of the social circles that I was in, kind of, and, and reading certain books as well, and kind of reevaluating what I believed in in terms of my faith and just religion and everything. So those are three things that really, really helped me. Um, just different social circle books and just just faith in general. 
Yeah, because I'm sure people that know of you now would have no idea that you were going through that because of the fact that you're so freaking positive. Every time I'm in a live chat with you, you're just spreading positivity and good vibes. And so I don't think people that really um, know you would be able to tell that you were going through such a hard time last summer or even before that. Is that because you felt like you didn't want to burden other people? So therefore you took it upon yourself to just go down a self-destructive path? Right, yeah, that, that's exactly it, and, and I really, really appreciate those comments you just made. That that really means a lot to me about the positivity and everything, and and honestly, kind of, well, actually, the entire reason that that I've been doing what I've been doing at least the past few months in Pop Up Virtual and kind of my personal page. The reason that I've been doing that at all is because I literally never foresaw. I don't know if that's a word, but I never could foresee a time in my life when I didn't just want to absolutely die or kill myself. Or I just thought I was literally going to be depressed forever and just forever be doing self-destructive things and hurting myself to the point where I would die. And I just, I truly, I 110% never thought I'd get out of that. And the fact that I did is a miracle for me. And I just want to show others that it's not only possible, but but you can do it. And it doesn't take 10 years. You can start now right because so many people go through that and so many people suffer in silence do you have any words for people that might be struggling right now and they're listening to this yeah i i think for me one of the the hardest things was just i guess opening up to people and letting people know that you know there there was a pretty serious problem going on with, with me and i mean my parents kind of saw it and, and some friends kind of saw it too, just because I was quite a bit different. But, but once you actually take the steps yourself and go up to someone and say this or that and how you're feeling or the other problem, I, I feel like that's when it really starts to change. And that's a really good first step, honestly, because I know for me, that was the absolute hardest part. And to anyone that's struggling right now, I'd say, that is absolutely so incredibly hard. And it's probably going to be one of the hardest things that you do. However, it's going to be one of the best things you could ever do for yourself. <laughs> so don't be afraid to ask for help. Yep, and yep, that's the simplified short version. Do not be afraid to ask for help because I certainly was afraid. Seriously, thank God that you turned your life around and you asked for help because you have impacted so many people just by your mindset alone. I hope you know that. I uh, actually didn't, but I, I, that seriously made my day. I seriously appreciate that so much. And and with that, I want to talk about Mates Club. I want to talk about what is it? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to other people? For sure, yeah, I would love to. That's that's something that I'm really really passionate about, actually. So, what is Mates Club? So, actually, on on my website, I'm actually logging on right now. I I kind of wrote up, you know, how most websites or shops or whatever they, they have an about us section, you know? Yes. Um. I, I, I wrote up something for that. Let me see. Yeah, so it's not up yet, but it's called matesclubusa.com. But yeah, the, the reason that that all kind of came about was, it's actually really funny. So I believe it was summer of 2014 when I, I saw this meme. This meme has been around for a while, but it just, yeah, I think it just says, you what, mate, or something like that. Just M8. <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought that, I thought that word was hilarious. Just the word mate, simply because no one in the, the U.S. really says it in that context. Usually mate is like, oh, yeah, like you, you 
would, would mate with someone to, to have children, right? Not not as in replacement for dude or friend, right? Right, yeah. So and thought, and for, the long, for the longest time, I'm like, is this guy Australian? Like, am I missing out on something here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I can just go ahead and read, read the, the bio about Mates Club. So I said, hey there, my mate. Welcome to Mates Club. Glad to have you here. I'm Nate, the founder of Mates Club. It is my mission to provide a community of positivity, fun, and connect like-minded people, thus creating a support system for those that do not have friends, family, or others that they can talk to. Mates Club isn't just some company that a dude runs from California that a dude from California operates and manages. This is a community for those that feel lost, helpless, struggling to keep afloat. This isn't my brand. This is our brand. Together, we will create the most supportive, positive, authentic body of people on the World Wide Web. We have so much value and we matter. I know how easily forgotten that can be taken from me. All of you are such outstanding individuals, and I truly could not do this without you in the most literal sense. And that's that's Mates Club in a nutshell. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's really amazing. I appreciate man. that. So you're basically giving people that feel lost and that, you know, maybe they don't have people that they necessarily feel comfortable reaching out to a space where they can come and talk to you directly and talk to other people. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the whole thing, because I really feel like I didn't have that when I was going through, you know, my my stuff. And and I, I did have supportive friends for sure, but. Sometimes even it's even hard to talk to your friends. It's it's really crazy. Yeah, because sometimes things can get real personal, and um, it you know it's not easy for everybody to just open up and pour their heart out when they're going through some um, dark times. So. Right. I, I think kind of the the draw for me, at least, or, or when I was kind of conceptualizing it, was it's it's really important, in my opinion, to have kind of. Let's see, I guess kind of a person that knows nothing about you that you can kind of talk to. So let's say someone messages me and says, hey, I feel this way, that way. I don't know anything about that, but but I can do my best to, you know, provide support and say, hey, man, you know, I'm here for you. I know that my words can't really do anything necessarily, but I just do want to let you know that you have value, you matter, and that I'm here for you and you can tell me anything, you know? Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a clean, clean slate, judgment-free zone, safe space. Um, type yeah, of, exactly. That's that's really incredible. And and what is I, what do you what do you think that means? What does that mean to you? And what do you think that will mean to other people in the future? Just just the idea of Maids Club. Yeah. For me, it's I, I kind of view it as, as a blanket of security for those that you know feel lost, helpless, kind of feel like they're they're I I guess aren't necessarily keeping their head above the water, you know what I'm saying? But I, I feel like it just, you know, it makes people feel a little bit more secure, or at least that's the what I'm trying to aim to achieve with this. And I saw in your bio it says you will add value to 10,000 lives this year. So how do you plan on doing that, and what made you come up with, with the goal of 10,000 lives? <laughs> yeah, so so the number the number is pretty arbitrary, but basically my goal is – to grow my personal page to 10,000 people. And by doing that, what I can do is once you reach 10,000 people, I mean, obviously just on my Instagram page, I want to, you know, kind of make posts that are encouraging, positive, uplifting, inspirational at the same time. And once you reach 10,000 people, you can start doing the swipe up link thing or whatever. And right now I I just started my YouTube channel and I'm going to be posting videos on there of just just fun, entertaining stuff, really lighthearted, just kind of you start doing positivity, doing vlogs and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I'm actually right before I hopped on here. I, I just filmed a video with my mom that I'm editing. It's gonna be a pretty good one. I think. Nice. It's just, yeah. My mom reacts to uh, this band called Remo Drive. Very cool. What what is your what does your family think about all this? You know, like it must be because you have a totally different life when compared to to the internet versus real life. I'm assuming you know when you when you yeah. log out. So what did what did they feel about everything? It, it's honestly it it just blows my mind how supportive my parents have been. It's just their their support is 110% unwavering no matter what. And that's really important because anybody just starting out, they need that support. I feel like that's crucial um, to get away from negativity and pe- people saying, no, you can't do that. No, that's not going to work out. You need some people to uplift you and believe in, really in what you're doing. Yeah, I agree. And I think when, especially when it's your family that says, wow, I I think what you're doing is really cool and it's awesome. And I, I believe in your abilities to accomplish what you're saying that you want to accomplish with this venture that you're on. I think that really just kind of takes your, your confidence to the next level and makes you more capable of doing stuff. And something that I really admire about you, because I really looked into to your story about how you graduated from high school and you had a goal that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and you were just going to go out and do it. You were going to go get it done. You didn't have the need to have a college education or anything like that. That was something that you were not interested in. You were just focused on making it, becoming successful and doing stuff that you actually want to do for a living, not just working some nine to five that, uh, just to get by. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I, I guess when it really comes down to it, that is what I would consider myself is just, just an internet entrepreneur that, that has a huge focus and just genuine desire to, to help people in, in many different ways. And, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that I know all the answers or can, can help everyone and what, works for me might not work for you but but I, I do hope that you're sharing my experiences and, and putting stuff out there that that some people get value or it at least provides entertainment for some that's that's always the goal and can you speak on this a little bit the fact that because I, I feel like once you graduate high school and you're moving on to the next chapter um, a lot of people's families um, especially parents harp on the fact of you need to go to college you need to go to college that's the next step you have to that's the natural progression from high school you got to go to college you got to get a college education get a degree get your bachelor's get your master's go on and and work in a field but can you speak on the fact of not everybody has to go down that one path and that there's multiple paths that you can create for yourself yeah absolutely for for me college is i view college as a tool People, people say that higher education is absolutely necessary. I agree. Higher education is absolutely necessary. But is it absolutely necessary that you get it from college? I do not believe that. that that's kind of like saying you think that good food only comes from restaurants, you know, like an analogy like that. But I think there are many different paths you can take. You can either go to college. Let's say you want to be a doctor, lawyer. That's pretty non-negotiable. You just you just have to have a degree for that. That's just how it works. But if you want to do something like a trade school or, or this or that, you can do that, and that's also amazing. Or if you want to kind of pursue your own thing, that's that's something that I would absolutely recommend because people say you, you only live once, and you truly do only live once. And it's it would just be really really hard for me to do this life if I wasn't doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. And, 
and every day I'm just slowly, you know, chipping away at that goal because consistency beats anything always. And you knew that at such a young age and you didn't let anybody sway um, where you wanted to go in life, which I really admire that. I appreciate that. That That's, <laughs> I, I've actually, this is not to sound conceited, but I've actually had quite a few people tell me that about myself. It's like, dude, you just don't give an ass or whatever. And it's like, that's the thing. I've never really felt that way, but I, I guess I, I am different from most people in that aspect because I never really even thought about it. I was just thinking, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do, you know? <laughs> and people, you know, kind of sometimes don't disagree with it or don't agree with it. I just think, oh, well, that's okay. I think it's cool that different people want to do different things. That's just kind of my mindset on it. Yeah, and, and talking about that too, I feel like mindset is a lot it has a lot to do with whether you become successful or not. Your mindset of keeping a positive outlook on things. Um, can you expand on that a little bit? I would argue that mindset is literally 100% responsible for whether you're successful or not. Because let's see, you can you can have all the right tools. You can you can study a topic for four years. You can have this many years of experience. You can be this good at it or this bad at it, but that's really meaningless if you, you know, start doing something, I don't know, photography, for example, and three months, six months in, you're not making any money. That's, and you just quit all of that experience and everything is for nothing. So you have to have the right mindset going into it thinking just for, for this particular example, yes, this is going to take a lot of time and you really do have to do something that you're passionate about because if you if you're not doing something that you're passionate about, it's just, you're just not going to be able to keep at it. And if you just do it for money, that won't really work either because anytime that I've made a lot of money on the internet, it was never because I set out and said, I want to turn this into something that I can make money from. I started out as I really enjoy this, like doing it, want to kind of, you know, talk about this topic or post about this every day. And then it, it eventually turned into an income stream. So that, that's kind of my, my advice. Right. It was never a quick fix, uh, get rich quick, you know, type of, uh, Scheme. Oh, never. Yeah, yeah. And and what you said before, too, earlier in the episode uh, today, mm-hmm. as far as removing yourself from social circles that are not doing you any good and then putting yourself with people that are like-minded as far as um, wanting to succeed, um, supporting each other, that has a lot to do with it, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would argue that that heavily factors into your mindset. And and like I was saying earlier, mindset is, you know, for me, a hundred percent of the reason whether you succeed or not. And, and an entrepreneur that I kind of look up to him a little bit. I I think he's a cool guy and he's successful. His name's Ty Lopez. You might've seen his ads on YouTube, but yeah, he said, I I don't know if he, this is an original thing from him or he pulled it from somewhere else, but the, the five people that you hang out the most average their income and that's your income. So basically you become who you're going to hang out with. That's crazy. That is crazy to think about, but that's true. It really is. Yeah. It's true. Absolutely. I, and I, I experienced it at the core last summer, unfortunately in the bad way. I'm so glad you got out of that though, because that you are a true, um, story where you can just take the negative and turn it into something um, really great. And you don't, like you said, you don't have to wait 10 years down the line. It's just all about a starting today, starting now. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be, Oh, I'm going to, you know, do 10 million things today. Kind of like I was saying earlier, I really do believe that consistency beats everything. You say, Oh wow. You know, I'm so depressed that 
I can't even do my laundry or make my bed. Just one day say, hey, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to make my bed today, you know, and just pat yourself on the back for that. and Maybe do something else. Maybe go out and, I don't know, grocery shop or something if, if it's really that bad, you know, just small steps every day. Right. Small steps create bigger outcomes in the, in, in the overall, in the end game. Yeah, I I truly believe that. And the one thing that I would recommend watching out for is selfish people <laughs> because those people will absolutely destroy your life. Uh, and I've kind of had problems with that in the past because I don't try to do this, but kind of going back to what I said earlier, I, I do have a true genuine desire to help people with their lives and everything. And I had a friend last summer who was I, kind of my best friend at the time, but it he was really just kind of a manipulative, selfish person. And it just sucked that it ended that way, but, but just watch out for selfish people. <laughs> And I was going to ask you, too, since your popularity has grown throughout the years on on the Internet, has anybody ever tried to take advantage of that and come at you from that angle as well? Sometimes I guess fans will message me and say, hey, dude, post our blah, 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 this or that. And I'm thinking, dude, like, I that's literally the, the opposite way that you should go about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Refer back to the I'm do's and don'ts. <laughs> Because it's like, what what am I gaining out of this? And, and again, that's not my goal to, to gain from it. But going back to what I said earlier, business is an exchange of value. And if, let's say, I was going to approach a band and say, hey, can I you know interview you guys for a video? And then it's like the story so far or something. I would have to provide more upfront value than just, hey, can I interview you guys? Let's say, hey, can I interview you guys? I have 750,000 subscribers. I get this many views in every video and I think this is going to really help you guys reach a, a, a new audience through this interview. See, that would be me providing more upfront value towards them because I'm the lower man on the totem pole in that situation. Right, you got to let them know your worth and what you can bring to the table. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's perfect. So, moving forward, what do you plan on doing in the future? What are some of your goals for this year? What do you plan to achieve with both your personal brand and Pop Punk Virtual? Yeah, so... One thing that I that I really really do want to do is have my my YouTube channel take off because YouTube has been something that I've wanted to do ever since I was a kid. I mean, I, ever since third fourth grade, I've been going on YouTube like two thousand six, two thousand seven, and it's just never something that I've really you know you know gone out really uh, full force and everything. So so that's kind of what I really want to do this year, and I I want to step up my photography game, just really kind of progress with that and grow my personal page in terms of photography and just just a you know grow a passionate fan base and another thing that i really do want to do i have a lot of ideas actually i have so many goals but but one thing that i want to do is create an online course that shows either artists people want to start brands or just i guess bands how to promote themselves on social media and leverage social media for their own gain Uh, whether you want to get your band out there get your photography out there get more commission work as an artist. I just want to teach people what I know and what has worked for me and hopefully, you know, spread that knowledge to other people and help them become successful. And uh, speaking of your photography, I just wanted to say this, that you do a really amazing job. I really Dude, love I it. really, really appreciate that. Man. Yeah, I really, I really love like, you know, all the feelings you transmit through your photography from everything uh, including the lighting, the scenery, even sometimes the lyrics you post on your pictures you you really know how to transmit feelings with your work, so amazing Dude, job. Dude, that seriously means so much to me because I mean, you know, 
I, I stay positive about my photography and, you know, I'm always in a, a state of mind of, you know, progression and improving. But sometimes, you know, you'll look at other people's stuff and just be like, dang, dude, like, I want to be on that level, but, but you're not quite there and you're still, you're still working up and progressing as an artist or photographer or whatever you want to call it. And, and I, I just really appreciate those comments, man. That means a lot to me. Thank you. No problem, man. And I can appreciate what you just said about, you know, looking at someone and aspiring to you know, scale that mountain yet knowing you still have a while to go because you know, I'm kind of on the same thing too. I play an instrument and I really, you know, want to be on the same level as all of my heroes, but you know, sometimes yeah. you can't let that discourage you because you know, you just have to remember even, even they were at your level once and you just got to keep on yeah. working, you know? Dude, that, yeah, that's a, that's a really good way to put it because I, I, Honestly, for, for YouTube right now, I'm really stoked that I'm that I suck at YouTube because one thing that's so cool about starting something is you're going to suck at the beginning, and that's just that's just part of it. Not because you suck, not because you're a crappy person, but because you have zero experience, time, and, and effort that you've put into the said subject or, or venture that you're going into. And there's literally once you start something and learn and start doing it, there's no way that you can go backwards. There's no way you can get worse or unlearn what you've learned. You can only go forward. So, so that's just something that I like to think of all the time. Like for my videos, I want to look back in three months and think, oh wow, that that sucked, but it was what I could do at the time, and, I, and I've come such a long way since then. And you know, kind of pat yourself on the back and lift yourself up. Thank you for saying that. You actually read my mind because uh, <laughs> that's exactly what I was doing a couple of weeks ago. I was in my room trying to learn a new song on my guitar and I'm on and off with it. So, you know, mm-hmm. like to say that I progressed now anywhere from like three months ago, it's really not saying anything, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's exactly what I think about. You know, I think to myself, I can only do better. It's, it's natural to suck right now because you know, that's what everybody is going to go through, but you can't, mm-hmm. you can't get worse. You can only get better. Yeah, exactly, man. I, I just, I feel like if people could just, just kind of understand that, and I think uh, one problem that people will have is, is they want things a little bit too fast, and I think that's one thing that social media is kind of a negative aspect of that because so much of it is, is instant gratification, and, and that is outstanding, but, but once that element kind of translates to things that you want to accomplish in terms of, I guess, long-term goals, that's not really the best way to go about it is instant gratification because stuff takes a long time to develop and everything. Totally. Like, I feel like on social media, especially people only see the outcome, but nobody sees all the work behind of what that is, whether it's a picture or a song or whatever it may be, they see the outcome of it, but nobody sees the hard work that goes into, you know, the behind the scenes before it's published. That That is an amazing point because I... I I've, <laughs> I have no idea which book this is from because I love reading and read way too many books. But in one of the books, it, it said something along the lines of there's no such thing as an overnight success story. <clears throat> and I guess a good example of that would be there was, there's this artist that's kind of risen up in the past month to four weeks, six weeks, something like that, named Hobo Johnson. No one really knew who that was before, but, but he had been doing his thing for one to two years probably. And then just he put up a video and it just got a million views in a few weeks. And it, he, now he's just kind of, he's touring with the front bottoms now. And it's really crazy. And no one saw the, the behind the scenes work for the, the last two years or so. And what you're saying about the whole instant gratification thing on social media, you're right about that. I feel like some people 
really do feel that you can get quick results with something. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. sometimes people tend to get discouraged because, you know, they're like, when am I going to get to to that point? When am I going to, you know, get this right? But like you said, you know, prior being consistent, consistent is everything because it's it really, really about the journey. Way. It's really exactly. about the journey. That's how you grow. Exactly. Exactly. If you're not in love with the process, you're just you're just not going to stick with it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm in love with growing the social media pages. That that's that's the part that I love is is putting in the work and, and growing the social media pages. That that's what I love, and, and the outcome it, it's outstanding, and, and I love it, and it and it feels great after you know putting in all that hard work. But but you, you gotta love the journey. That's just the bottom line. So where can people find you on social media? Let's see. So. For Instagram, you can either check out my personal page, which is just at Bracelegs, where I, I post a lot of my photography work and try to post positive things and just be uplifting and just be fun and entertaining, I guess. And let's see, you can also follow Pop Punk Merch Wall, which has been a topic of discussion for this, this episode, so you can check that out. And then if you want to follow me on Snapchat, that's just simply Mates Club one word just exactly how you think it'd be spelled and if you want to check out my twitter that's just camera hat just camera hat one word (laughs) you can check me out on there too nate thank you so much for coming on today do you have any last words before we let you go i think i think my last words would just be just you can do it man don't let people tell you you know what you can and can't do because that's not up to them that that's actually just up to you and I, and I just would like to thank you guys just one more time for having me on here because it's always been a dream to be on a podcast. And that's, I guess, just another thing that I can tick off the bucket list. So I really appreciate that. You're an awesome dude. Thank you so much for spreading positivity and for giving people an outlet to reach out to you, people that need um, help and that feel lost and feel helpless and feel like they have no one they can talk to. I really admire and respect what you're doing for others, that you want to be the person that was not there for you when you needed it. Yeah, that's, I don't think you could have said it any better. I I think I'm going to have to use that now. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so, so much. That That really was just the perfect way to round out this episode, I believe. Yes, thank you, Nate. Thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, thank you. Thank you, you guys. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. That was Nate Ryan, the creator of Pop Punk Merch Wall. Such an inspirational guy. Seriously, man. I feel like everybody can take a page out of his book and really learn a lot um, after listening to this episode, especially up-and-coming entrepreneurs and uh, business-related people and even... Uh, As far as mental health that we touched upon, you know, everything that he said was truly, um, I support that 110% and and it was truly real and authentic. And I'm glad that he's doing this mates club to, to help those in need who feel like they don't have anybody that they can reach out and talk to and, and vent. I agree. The world needs more people like Nate. You hear that? That's the perfect way to end this. The world needs more people like Nate. (laughs) And on that note, guys, we want to hear what you thought of this episode. Um, You can reach out to us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. Reach out to us. We want to hear from you. And stay tuned for our next episode.